Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. And welcome to the Player Raider Podcast. I'm your host, George Kritikos, and with me always, Mr. Ryan McDowell. Ryan, how are you doing on this fabulous weekend, right before V5? Yes, I'm doing well. Loving this fantasy season. So many points scored. It's It's been crazy. We've got the the value of so many players is changing. I'm just, I'm eating it up. I love this stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, it's the best. And things move so quick, and that's part of the reason we're doing this episode, Ryan. Why don't you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about it? Absolutely. We're going to talk today about some players who are off to fast starts this season, and exactly how those fast starts are affecting their trade value, their their rank, their ADP, and just their overall value in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, we'll definitely go through some trades that have happened over the last week or two. I know that you were... Uh, kind enough to share some of the October ADP that's uh, that you're collecting that isn't quite out on the website yet. So uh, you know we'll be able to sneak preview that, see how some of that's been changing since the season started, um, and then really just uh, talk through kind of our own rankings and and where they maybe fall for us as well. So uh, let's start with a big one here, Ryan. Probably the guy no one expected to rise quite this fast is Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. He is the QB one overall through four weeks of the season. Uh, in October ADP, he's all the way up to 43. Just for some reference, he was at 117 the month before. So he's going up there right with Sammy Watkins and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then when we look at the top 200, he also comes in at 43, right between Alshon Jeffrey and Doug Baldwin. Uh, so, so he's kind of coming off as like a mid-fourth-round pick, Ryan. I know you're not the type who likes to grab quarterbacks early, but does that feel about right for you with him? I think it probably does. Um yeah, you're right, though. I'm I'm not taking him at that point, but I think if you're talking QB1, and, and that's where he is, that ADP uh, just right in front of Aaron Rodgers does make him the quarterback one, according to our newest uh, our newest data set. Some people I know have, have a real problem with that, moving a guy up after uh, essentially a five- or six-game sample. For me, I, I, I don't have an issue with it. He's He's put up major numbers. He seems to have everything that that you want in a quarterback. He's young. He's got maybe the best weapons in the league. Uh, he's got a great system with Andy Reid there. Uh, just a cannon for an arm. I, I really, I really don't see any any downside with Mahomes right now, which is is hard to believe. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing, you know, the people who are are saying that maybe it's a little premature to to put him this high. I mean, I, I felt like there was some of that last year with Deshaun Watson when he had his fast start, and then obviously he got hurt. Mahomes, at least to this point, hasn't gotten hurt. I don't want to jinx him. Uh, but, 
I, I'm with you. I mean, you kind of have to react quickly when, when you're in Dynasty Leagues, especially when you're in season in Dynasty Leagues. You really do have to respond quickly to these types of starts and these types of, of runs that occur with some of these players. And, and as I look at positional ranks, I know, Ryan, you updated yours this week. Uh, I believe you had him up at QB1, if I remember right. You know, Right now, the consensus is QB2, so not far off. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is QB1 on the consensus. Carson Wentz is QB3, and Mahomes falls right in between. Uh, but I believe you have a different QB2 as well, right, Ryan? Someone that I didn't mention, at least in that trio. Do you, I, I mean, I, I have Watson first, and I have Mahomes second myself. Um, so I'm not sure you know, kind of, kind of where some of those guys fit in for you right now. Yeah, no, I actually do still have Rogers as my quarterback too. Okay. Uh, but, but for me, those, those top, I guess you would say four guys are probably in there close. Mahomes and Rogers, Wentz and Watson. And honestly, I think once you, you move Mahomes ahead of Rogers, as I have, maybe it should be a case. If Rogers is not your number one, he probably should be your number four. Right. The reason the reason you move Mahomes ahead of Rogers is because you you favor that age. Rogers has 11, 10 or eleven years on Patrick Mahomes and a, a similar number over Wentz and Rogers. I'm sorry, Wentz and uh, Deshaun Watson. So really, in in that line of thinking, Rogers should either be still your QB one or probably your QB four, maybe even quarterback five behind. Uh, Jared Goff as well. I've seen people making a case for Goff as the overall quarterback one. Yeah, yeah, I have I have Rodgers as my QB five. I have Goff in there as well. So so I probably am I'm leaning on the lower side with Rodgers. Maybe that's a little bit of uh, Packers bias that I have as a Bears fan. Well, I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, it might be. It might <laughs> Could be, be a little both. I, I do I do think it's reasonable as well. Um, again, he, he's thirty four years old, and I mean, we've seen Brady and 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 Manning and all these other guys who have been great in this era play until uh, into their forties. And and I mean, maybe Rodgers can do that as well. Uh, I'm not panicking on Rodgers. I'm not selling him low. But if I can buy back years and get similar production, I don't see any reason not to do that. Rodgers' weapons have, have basically gotten worse uh, every year for three or four years in a row. We know about the injury last year. He hasn't exactly bounced back in a strong way this season. Uh, I think he has I think he has two quarterback one games uh, or top 12 quarterback games so far and, and two outside of that. He's outside of the top 12 quarterbacks overall right now, it's hard to make a case for Rodgers over these young guys. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair to him, you know, it definitely isn't a great talent situation for him. And, and, and that's another reason when you think about guys like, like Mahomes, you know, obviously you mentioned before, has, has a ton of talent on that team. You can make the same case for Goff. You can make the same case for Watson. And you can, to some extent, make the same case for Wentz. I don't think Wentz quite has the, the, the weapons around him. Maybe the other three do necessarily, but... Uh, but but I'm, I'm with you there. So let's let's get into some recent trades here, and let's see what the fervor is for for Patrick Mahomes. All these trades have kind of occurred over the last ten days or so. Uh, so let's start with the first one here, pretty big one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes for T.Y. Hilton and Lashawn McCoy. And keep in mind, this is a one quarterback league. You know, this is this is PPR, uh, but these are four points uh, per touchdown. So so there's no real sway towards the quarterback compared to your standard league. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Mahomes, as you said earlier, really the story of the league so far, uh, both 
just from an NFL perspective and obviously from a fantasy perspective. He's he's the it guy, right? He's the one that everybody wants on their team. He everybody wants to uh, to be able to cheer for him and and enjoy watching him play, and that results in some pretty crazy trades. Uh, this is one of those. I, I think McCoy essentially has no trade value at this point, uh, and it's fair to be concerned about T. Y. Hilton as well. Uh, at first glance, I thought that side won this deal pretty easily. But the more I think about it, I think I would pay that for Mahomes at this point, uh, which again, just goes to show the hype and, and, and the fever surrounding Mahomes right now. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting trade because I could easily see the, the person who was trading Mahomes off, maybe having another quarterback on their roster and looking for some depth, uh, you know, at wide receiver at running back, maybe they had a hole or two, maybe some injuries occurred. So I can certainly see the reason for that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm torn on this one. I really could see this going either way just because, you know, to your point, Mahomes, ton of value as far as what he's done, everything else. At the same time, it's not too hard to fill those holes at quarterback. So for me, you know, I'm okay making that move if, if you feel like it's going to help your team and, and, and push you forward. It's just really hard to trade an ascending asset for a descending sure. asset. Right, that's that's what it boils down to. Mahomes clearly an ascending asset, gaining value every day, every week, and Hilton is still still a great player, but he's peaked. His value is not going up from here. Uh, his production is likely not going up from here, and McCoy's certainly is not. So, just just that mindset of you know not wanting to miss out, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, just because I feel like we agree a lot, I'll take the other side. Uh, even though I'm torn, but but I'll, I'll go the other side on that one. All right, so so next one here, another really big trade. Patrick Mahomes, Kenny Galladay on one side. Talk about a couple of ascending assets uh, for David Johnson and a 2019 second round pick. Ryan, those are some big pieces in that deal. Those are some big pieces, and this is uh, talk about fear of missing out. This is definitely definitely a little um, a, a little FOMO here. <laughs> This is David Johnson by a wide, wide margin. Even if, even if this is sort of a lost year and, and what we've seen through the first month uh, continues for, for Johnson and the Cardinals, you have to think that he's going to get it right. He's, uh, the talent has not gone away there. And as much as Mahomes and, and Galladay as well, those are, those are players I want on my team. That they are fun to watch and cheer for. They're exciting. They're young. Uh, I, I still want David Johnson. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I think this trade is the type that just shows what that hype can do and more of a reason to, to kind of keep your finger on the pulse when it comes to, you know, putting trades out there, seeing who's who's shopping players around. And in the case of a guy like David Johnson, going after those guys who have had kind of a bit of a lull, whether it's a hard schedule or just uh, in the case of Johnson, I think a lot more bad play calling than anything else. Uh, but we won't get into that. So, so let's go to the third one here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, on Johnson for Jarvis Landry and Tom Brady. So again, another one with a lot of big pieces here, Ryan. Yeah, Landry uh, Landry just doesn't really ever seem to get the, the respect he's due when it comes to ADP or trade value. Uh, I want the Landry side pretty easily here, even giving up both Mahomes and, and on Johnson. Johnson, another... Uh, player who's off to a promising start and his value is trending in the right direction. I still want Landry here. 
yeah, I, I want Landry pretty easily. It seems clear that the Browns are, are definitely all in on Landry between, you know, getting rid of Gordon, getting rid of Coleman, you know, Mayfield's on the field now. I mean, it is, it's, it's Landry's world here to, to get as many targets as he can at this point. Uh, so I, I like being in the Landry business if I can. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, and, and to your point, they're good pieces on that other side. I just like the Landry side a little more. Um, so let's talk about the movement with ADP. I mentioned September, October a little bit, but but let's talk a little bit more kind of how has Mahomes moved throughout the offseason. Sure. he's He's been pretty consistently gaining uh, value throughout the offseason. And um, as, as a first-round pick a year ago, even though he barely played as a rookie, we all kind of saw this coming, that the Alex Smith trade uh, was not a surprise. Uh, we, we knew this was going to be Mahomes' team in 2018 one way or another. So um, even early in the offseason, he, he looks like a value now compared to his ADP, but he wasn't, he wasn't a screaming value. December, 135 overall uh, by April. Of course, Smith was already traded by that point. Mahomes jumps up to 114 all the way up to 90 in May. So we saw a big jump from April to May and then right back down 113 in June, 108 in July, uh, actually fell even more in August and September, 119 in August, 117 in September, as we already mentioned. And then we know what happened all the way up to 43 in quarterback one in October. So, so one last question here, Brian, on, on Mahomes. Do you see his value going up any further? I mean, 43 is, is pretty high here in terms of his startup position. And, and you know, we've, we've talked about quarterbacks in the past, and, and you know, typically they don't tend to uh, really eclipse the first round or two. I mean, what's the ceiling on a guy like Mahomes, even if he were to keep up a pace like this throughout the season? I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, and uh, I, I thought about the, I, I believe it was the 2012 season, where we really saw this value explosion uh, at the quarterback position. And guys like Cam Newton, Peyton Manning, Colin Kaepernick, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford was in that group. These guys are all going in the first couple rounds, first two or three rounds of ADP in 2012. And it's because they were putting up these ridiculous numbers. And... We're seeing that this year a little bit. I think the difference is we're seeing it from so many quarterbacks. I mean, when when guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick are are getting in on the act, it's a little more of a balance across the league. So even though we've got some video game numbers, it's spread out. It's not just one or two guys. It's it's a dozen guys or maybe even more. So I, I do kind of feel like this is close to the ceiling as far as ADP for Mahomes. Um I mean, if this pace were to continue, if we're halfway through the season and, and he's still on pace to break that record, then then yeah, maybe he's a third rounder in ADP, but it's hard to see him going much higher than that. Fair enough. So let's talk about our next guy here. Uh, not a guy necessarily I was excited for before the season, Ryan. Uh, Carlos Hyde with the Cleveland Browns. He's now the RB8 through four weeks. Uh, that's in PPR leagues. And I believe he's an RB1 even in non-PPR leagues as well. So he, he saw a bit of a rise, not maybe as much as Mahomes. He went from 88 in September to 76 in October. So so Devin Funches, Keelan Cole, a couple guys around him. Uh, our, our top 200 uh, rankers have him at 81 by Christian Kirk and Manny Sanders. Uh, 
so so you know pretty consistent there. We're talking about a seventh round startup pick, Ryan. Does that does that kind of jive for you? Does that feel like a pretty good value, or or is that a little too early for you? I would say, if anything, that's a little too early, especially with this. I guess this expected breakout of of Nick Chubb, right? We we saw Chubb. Uh, in week four with a couple of touchdowns, even though his, his usage has still been very limited. Uh, it, it just looks like a matter of time before he really takes over that that offense. And, and whether that's sometime in the next few weeks or, or even if it's next season, I, I don't think Carlos Hyde's time as the Browns starter is uh, is very long i guess yeah yeah that's fair and and you know he's 28 he's not a young running back they have an out i believe for him after the season if they do want to get rid of him the browns that is uh so so there's some things playing against him and maybe that uh has played into his adp a little bit but but again i think it's a, a little too early for me as well um so positionally uh rb31 right now by our rankers ronald jones Tariq cohen right right around him uh, some people have him as high as 26. Uh, he's as low as 37 on another board, Ryan. Uh, I assume you're on the lower side of this equation just based on your comments before. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the lower side. RB35 for me. And again, I just see, I see limited upside, both short-term and long-term. Um, he, he's a good, solid back. If he's your RB3, you're probably in, in a good shape as far as your lineup. Uh, but just not a guy to get excited about, and and honestly, even that RB eight rank through these through the first month, I, I think has kind of been propped up by uh, touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, I would agree there, and uh, I have him at, at RB thirty eight myself, so I'm on the lower side as well. Um, so let's talk about a few trades here, Ryan. First one's a simple one for one deal. It's Carlos Hyde for Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Aguilar obviously looks significantly better over the last year and a half or so compared to what we saw early in his career. Uh, do you prefer him or would you take Hyde's kind of short-term value? That's pretty fair for me. Um, we did see that, that breakout season last year for Aguilar. He's off to uh, a little bit of a disappointing start this year, but I, I would still take the wide receiver a little bit younger in, in general. I'll take the wide receivers over the backs and, um, and again, just not a huge Hyde fan. If I'm desperate for a running back, that's that's an okay price to pay, but uh, in a vacuum, I'll take Aguilar. Yeah, yeah, I could see a team that's maybe a little RB starved, maybe has Aguilar as as a, a flex or bench type guy, pushing him for for Hyde to get that kind of early return and and, and get some value there. I could I could see that as someone looking maybe to contend this year. Uh, but I'm with you. I'm on the Aguilar side. I mean, he's got Wentz back, and I think Wentz is only going to get better from here. And clearly, last year he he liked Aguilar as an option. Uh, and he can support multiple receivers as well. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm on that side as well uh, in a vacuum. So second one here, uh, Carlos Hyde for Ronald Jones, a 2019 third and a 2019 fourth. Uh, so I mentioned earlier, rankings-wise, you know, they were kind of neck and neck with each other. I don't know where you have them necessarily, uh, but which side are you liking in that deal? And neither of those guys are, are players. I'm desperate to get on my roster, but... Uh, I'm taking the upside. I think we can still say Jones has upside at this point. I'm taking the upside of the rookie along with a couple of draft picks. I'm actually kind of su- surprised to see the draft picks on the Jones side of that deal. 
Yeah, that's what I was surprised by as well. And, and, and maybe it is that perception of, you know, Hyde has the strong start. He's doing well. Jones hasn't done much yet. Although it seems like he may start to, to kind of work his way into the offense a little bit more after this bye week, uh, week five, that is. So 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 that might change. Um, so I'm, I'm with you there. I think I would take the Jones side, take the shot, see what happens. And you get a couple draft picks out of it. That's never a bad thing. Uh, so last one here, a little bit of a bigger deal. Uh, Carlos Hyde and Golden Tate for LaShawn McCoy and Doug Baldwin. Uh, first off, apparently McCoy's getting traded a lot in leagues right now. And, and, and it's interesting, you know, a couple running backs, a couple wide receivers. We've talked about this before. It's a little easier maybe to make some of these comparisons in these deals when it's position for position. It is. And as I said with the earlier McCoy trade, I, I don't think he has any value. I don't want to use him in my lineup. Uh, I, I would take almost any draft pick I could get for him. So, so to me, he's a non-factor in this deal. I look at this as Hyde and Tate for Doug Baldwin. And in that case, I'm, I'm taking the Hyde and Tate side. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we talked about Hyde and, and his limited uh, upside for, for years beyond this. But, I, I mean, I, you could argue that McCoy, there is no years beyond this, and this might be it. At least Hyde, there's a chance that he lands on another team, has another opportunity to be a complementary or even a starter potentially. And I don't think Baldwin and Tate are as far off as, as maybe some people think. Um, so I'm with you there. I, I think Hyde and Tate would be the side I'd go on. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about ADP. Hyde's had an interesting uh, kind of last, you know, 10 months or so in terms of, of where his value has gone. He really has. So at the end of last season in December, his ADP was 42 overall. He was still viewed as the 49ers feature back, even though we knew he was likely to move on. And once he did move on, uh, his value dropped really throughout the off season april it was 63 still um he, he was with the browns at that point but nick chubb wasn't there yet um so once the browns drafted chubb hyde really became a value may 92 overall june 98 july all the way down to 120 and then starts to creep back up as the season gets closer we've talked about that trend on here with with veterans gaining some value uh, in, in the fall months and in the late summer, August 105, September 88, and as you said, October 76. All right, Ryan, let's jump to our next guy. Let's go to Tyler Boyd, a uh, player that I would say that you know most people weren't really talking about before the season. I know we had an episode where we talked about some late-round guys who maybe we saw uh, making a big jump. He was not necessarily a guy on our list, maybe not even the Bengals receiver that was on our list if you were going to pick one. Uh, but he's he's at the wide receiver 18 through four weeks. Uh, you know, been pretty impressive so far. Has had some pretty big games, and uh, that's starting to get reflected in his ADP. He went from 205 in September, so so nearly undrafted, about 18th round or so, all the way up to 77 between Keelan Cole and David Njoku. Uh, and if we compare that to September, he was around Kenneth Dixon, Ted Ginn territory. Uh, and, and that didn't work out really well for, for either of those guys. Uh, you know, it seems like our top 200 guys, they're, they're a little slow to react. I think some people are still skeptical. They have him in the in the 145 range. Uh, you know, so so and some people don't even have him in their top 200 still. That may be a bit of delay um, for, for some rankings being updated. But that may also be people who aren't necessarily believers in Boyd, Ryan. So my first question to you is, are you a believer in Boyd? Do you think that, that what he's done here is indicative of, of the type of player he can be? 
Yeah, I'm, I am a believer in Boyd, and I'm really kicking myself right now for not having him on more rosters. Uh, he was he was a guy coming out of Pittsburgh that uh, that I liked. I, I drafted in a few spots and held on to for a while and, and, you know, just got impatient like dynasty owners do. But even last year, we saw this with Devin Funchess. We saw it with Nelson Aguilar, who we just mentioned a, a few moments ago. So we had kind of that warning sign, like the third year breakout is is still a thing. That's still something that happens. And then even when the Bengals cut uh, Brandon LaFell, we we still didn't react. Uh, we, we saw a you know we saw a, a slight tick and uh, uptick in Boyd's value. He was starting to be mentioned uh, a little bit more in conversations, and he was on waiver wires. I actually picked him up on off the waiver wire in one league. But this really, this should have been a guy, and maybe it's easy to say now with hindsight, but this should have been a guy we, we should have been taking a chance on all offseason. Yeah, and I know he was, you know, he's a guy who in, in, you know, the ADPs, you guys do 20 rounds every month for that. I mean, and he was barely hanging on in some of those months, and we'll, we'll get to that a little bit. Um, but, you know, a lot of the leagues we play in are, are deeper than that. They go 24, 27, 30 players. Uh, and, and to your point, right, those types of guys are, are just hanging out there waiting for you to go and get them. And, uh, and I'm with you there. There are some places that, uh, regrettably, I did not uh, try to go after a guy like Tyler Boyd. From a positional ranking standpoint, Ryan, he comes in at wide receiver 55. Uh, Kenny Stills, Geronimo Allison right around him. Uh, as high up as 34 on one board, as low as 78 on another. So there's a pretty good range there, Ryan. Uh, where do you have him? And and when you see ranges like that with, with a player like Boyd who, you know, hasn't done much, doesn't have the name value, how do you react? You know, what do you do at, at this point in the season? So I, I actually just moved him up as well. I've got him at wide receiver 37. So I'm um, on the higher end of that. Again, I, I am a believer in the talent. I like the offense this season. Um, I, it really, everything seems to be clicking. As far as the gap you mentioned, I think we just have to understand that everybody plays Dynasty differently, and that includes people who write and, and rank uh, for sites like ours. And for some people, they need to see more than three or four games of, of production. And I totally understand that. Um, and, and like you said earlier, maybe maybe it's a, just a case of they haven't had a chance to update those rankings yet. Because to me, he, he certainly belongs closer to that top 30 or 40 than outside of the top. 50 or, or even 75. Yeah, I have him right around wide receiver 40. I have him at wide receiver 39. So so I'm, I'm with you there. I think you're, you got me beat by a little bit. Uh, but but I agree with you. I think there's a lot of positives to say about this. And, and unlike Hyde that you mentioned earlier, you know, it doesn't feel very fluky. It's not, you know, random touchdowns that are booing his value or punt returns or anything crazy like that. Uh, I was su- yeah. Please, sorry, sorry, George. I was just surprised to see after, after week four, I looked at some of the numbers of target leaders and things like that. He actually has more targets through four weeks than AJ Green, and of course, Green missed. Uh, I guess he missed uh, one half of, uh, I think it was week three. So that plays into that a little bit, but still, that was that was a surprise to see. Yeah, yeah. Just just the fact that he'd even be challenging Green for the target lead is pretty impressive. And now with Tyler Eifert out, it'll be interesting to see how they. 
play that game as well because Boyd has been so good in those intermediary routes. So uh, let's talk a few trades here, Brian. We'll start with another one-for-one here. Uh, I thought this one was interesting. Uh, Tyler Boyd for Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon obviously out for the year. You know, was was the presumptive 49ers back, and at one point was the hyped guy, you know, coming into this season. What do you do here, Ryan? What are you thinking? I I smash the accept button as quickly as I can if I'm getting Tyler Boyd. Um, no, no doubt about it. No question for me. Um, I mean, McKinnon is he's not proven either, and now he's he's out for the year. We get nothing from him this year. He's a guy we've talked about on here as well. We we don't know what his future holds as far as what team he'll even be playing for uh, in 2019. So I want Boyd, and I don't think this one is, is even close, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I, th- I thought it was interesting because obviously McKinnis still has some name value. Clearly Boyd is maybe not there yet. Uh, like I mentioned, there's that, that range of outcomes that we're seeing from rankings and uh, probably from ADP as well. Uh, so, so, you know, it's, it's intriguing, but I'm with you, you know, McKinnon's already 27 to your point. He's unproven and, and yeah, the 49ers running game hasn't looked as bad as everyone maybe anticipated with McKinnon being out for the year. Breed has had some good moments and, uh, you know, unfortunately now with Garoppolo out that, that might not help (laughs) matters very much. Uh, but let's go to the second one here, Ryan, a little two for one. Uh, Tyler Boyd and Jimmy Graham for Zach Ertz. So are you making that tight end upgrade or are you keeping the two pieces? Yeah, I really like this deal. This could certainly be one that makes sense for both teams. If, if you need a wide receiver and and maybe you view Graham as not too far off from Ertz, then that might be a, a reason enough to make that deal. I don't view the tight ends that way. Uh, this to me is, not only a clear upgrade, but a, a a monster upgrade, especially considering the just the carnage that we've seen at this tight end position. Right? It's it's so it's it's scary. It's frustrating for fantasy owners. I want Ertz in this deal pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, and I, I think you make a great point about the tight end landscape right now. And 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 they aren't just the you know tight ends, just uh, bumps and bruises. You know, it's a lot of guys out for the year. It's a lot of players who just aren't performing expectations uh you know and Ertz is one of the safe options out there and and you know sometimes that consolidation of assets can be a huge advantage for you especially if you're deep at a position like wide receiver and and can make this move to, to upgrade your starting spot so I'm, I'm with you on that one so last one here uh not not maybe as uh as enticing as some of these other big deals we've seen in some of the other players uh Tyler Boyd Robbie Anderson for James White and John Brown uh, the names maybe aren't as big, but but some good performers this year in this deal. Yeah, they really are, and no superstars in that deal. But this might be the closest one we've seen so far. I, I think I still want the Boyd side here, but it's it's really close. James White looks like an every week uh, RB two, if not better, and uh, we're just being reminded that when Brown is healthy, he's. I don't want to say one of the most talented receivers around, but he's he's in the conversation. He's he's a top twenty receiver at least, and he's putting up those types of numbers as well. So just hope to see him stay healthy. We know White uh, is is going to be that PPR back for Tom Brady. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself <laughs> into that side. Uh, yeah, if I'm a contender to be able to to essentially fill my RB two spot and my wide receiver three spot with with one deal 
Yeah, maybe I, maybe I'm going white and brown here. The the two colors. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I'm on that spectrum as well with the color palette. So so I do like uh, I do like the James and John uh, deal here uh, myself. I, to, you you made a lot of great points, and and you know Brown is in a good situation if you don't like Flacco. They they throw a ton, regardless of who's behind center. Uh, and, and Brown has clearly been a beneficiary to this point. Crabtree certainly hasn't looked good in that offense. He, he's starting to show his age a little more. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm on the white-brown side, but I certainly can see the argument for the other the other end of the spectrum. Anderson really has been the only disappointing player out of these four uh, so far this year, but maybe that changes as, as uh, Darnold gets a little more comfortable. So, Ryan, talk about Boyd's ADP. Obviously, uh, we mentioned, you know, he, he saw a big rise between September and October. What, what kind of led up to that point? Absolutely. Well, again, in these mock drafts where we get this ADP data from, we draft 20 rounds of, uh, uh, with 12 teams. So we have a total of 240 picks. And, and you've kind of alluded to this earlier. Really, once you get out of the top 200 there's not much difference you're you'll see a guy drafted 200th and one and he might not be drafted at all in another draft Boyd has been uh, just barely hanging on as you said in a lot of these in December his ADP was 229 overall again that's 229 out with 240 as somewhat of a floor April he actually went down from there 237 May 236 June also 236 July, he was not even drafted at all. 241 is what we would call that ADP. And then in August, we start to see a bump. So that would be after they cut Brandon LaFell, as we mentioned earlier. Jumps up quite a bit to 195, but still obviously a clear value, uh, just barely inside that top 200. September dropped a little bit to 205. I think people were chasing John Ross at that point. And then he jumps nearly uh, 60 spots from September to October. Is that right? Sorry. No, no, I think it's 100 and 130 spots. Yeah, I was looking Yeah, yeah, no, no, Sorry. no worries. 130 sounds a lot better. Yeah, 10, ten full <laughs> yeah. rounds up. All right, well, let's let's hit our next guy here. Uh, admittedly, a guy I like a lot in Austin Eckler, the, the Chargers uh, running back. He's RB11 through four weeks. Uh, we kind of mentioned Hyde's a little touchdown dependent. Eckler's had some big plays that have really helped his uh, early start out a bit. Um, but but he has jumped pretty well in the October ADP. He was at 183 in September. He's up to 123 in October, so a 60-spot jump. We're talking about five rounds there. So that's pretty significant. Uh, right around where Traquan Smith and Marshawn Lynch are going in October, he was closer to Theo Riddick and Quincy Inunua in September. Uh, our rankers kind of split the difference. They're at 155, uh, right around Jack Doyle, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Ryan, let's let's start with this. Uh, you know, Eckler's in a different situation than what we talked about with Hyde, right? Eckler's not a guy who's starting. He has a very good running back uh, in Melvin Gordon, who's there already. You know, is there a lot more upside for him, or is he just kind of benefiting from some big plays? Well, I, th- I think... I don't know that there's upside from where he's scoring currently through this first month. Uh, again, he's RB11, so uh, not much room to grow outside of an injury to Gordon. But at the same time, I, I think that role that he's had, that production that he's had, is is for real. I think he can continue this. 
the Chargers are one of those teams that they're going to put up points every week, and, and you just want pieces of the offense, really as many pieces as you can get. And and Eckler is still, even with this big jump into October ADP, he's still one of uh, one of the easier pieces to acquire. Yeah, yeah, and and. and... For me, definitely, I agree with you there. And and you know, we talk, we've talked about Tevin Coleman in the past. We've, you know, I know we're both Gio Bernard fans. Uh, you know, it might be another one of those situations where you hope he goes to another team and uh, you know gets that opportunity to do more. Uh, but but clearly, to your point, is in a good offense and and has some opportunity there. So from a positional ranking value, uh, he's coming in at RB 47. So Naheem Hines and, and Ty Montgomery, a couple other pass catching backs, uh, he's between uh, as high as 32 on one board, as low as 59 on another. Brian, where are you sitting with him? Um, and who are a couple guys that you kind of have around uh, where he's situated, just to give us some context? Sure. I am. Uh, I, I'm the high side there. I'm actually the 32. Uh, so I'm. Definitely a big fan of Eckler. I think uh, long term, who who knows what that holds as far as maybe maybe he does end up on a new team. But short term, I think he's he's a weekly starter for me. I've got him in a lot of leagues. Uh, I think after the Chargers drafted Justin Jackson, who I also liked, and maybe he still works out. Uh, didn't didn't make the team out of camp, but once they drafted him, I think a lot of people chalk that up as he's taking Eckler's spot. Uh, Eckler's that undrafted guy. He had a, he had a good rookie season, but not great. Uh, and, and Jackson will be the guy there. And um, this, this is actually one I got right. I was scooping up Eckler everywhere I could, and, and it's paid off so far. So, uh, again, I have him RB32. Um, other guys in that, in that range just ahead of him, Chris Thompson, Aaron Jones, Ronald Jones, uh, just behind him, Philip Lindsay, Matt Breda, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, guys like that. Yeah, I have him at RB29, so I'm, I'm really high on him as well. I have some of those same names, Lindsay, Duke Johnson. I have Derrick Henry kind of in that range as well. Aaron Jones is another one. So so I'm right there with you, Naheem Hines. Um, so so I think we're, we're very similar in terms of, of kind of how we view him uh, in context of other running backs. So let's talk about a few trades here, Ryan. Uh, the first one's pretty straightforward. Austin Eckler for a 2019 second round pick. Uh, where are you going with that one? I feel like I'm probably going to be on the Eckler side of all of these, even before I hear them all. But uh, I just think he's he's a guy who's undervalued right now. If you're a, a contending team that that is looking for some running back help, we've seen lot lots of injuries to guys like Dalvin Cook and Fournette and, and some of these guys off to a disappointing start Eckler could be the answer to that and if I can get him for a second round pick I'm definitely doing that yeah I'm with you there too and and you know you think about as a random second round pick and you think about some of those rookies that that kind of were in our rankings and where they were mentioned I think I would take those rookies over that second round pick too so you know it's a pretty easy one for me as well uh Austin Eckler for Lamar Jackson and Buck Allen I know you're a huge Buck Allen fan Ryan (laughs) <laughs> huge, huge Buck Allen. Um, I, I do like Buck Allen. He's another underrated guy that, that you can m- maybe stick into a flex spot occasionally. And, and obviously I am a big Lamar Jackson fan. I think he could be maybe not putting up Mahomes-type production, but I think he could be eventually that, that trendy guy at quarterback that really gains a ton of value. 
this this is a close one for me. I think I'm still going with the Eckler side, but I love having Lamar Jackson on my roster. Yeah, this is definitely the closest one for me to your point. You know, Buck Allen does have some value, you know, as much as I was kind of making fun of him before. I mean, he he's he's had some value. They they clearly have had no problem using him at the goal line. Uh, you know, he obviously has, has pass catching abilities as well. Yeah, I, I was torn on this one. I'm going to say Eckler, but but I'm with you. I could see myself flip-flopping on that one given, you know, who's on my team and, and what maybe, you know, where my situation is in terms of uh, contending or not. Uh, so last one here, a bit more of a, uh, a, bit, a few more pieces in this one. Uh, Austin Eckler, TJ Yeldon, Trey Burton on one side. Tyrell Williams, Kenyon Drake, a 2019 first and a 2019 second, Ryan. How do you break this one down? Mm, this one is tough. Um, you don't typically think of the guys on, on the first side, Eckler, Yeldon, Trey Burton. You don't typically think of those as being players that are worth a future first-round pick. Uh, and and Kenyon Drake is, is a guy who's kind of valued in that same range as, as far as a late first-round pick. So in some ways it feels too much to give for Eckler, Yeldon, Burton. But at the same time, Eckler and Yeldon are both producing. If you need running backs, Trey Burton, uh, off to a little bit of a slow start, but he's a healthy tight end, and, and right now that's all that matters. I think I'm going to go with the Eckler side still. This this is a close one for me too. Yeah, this one was interesting, and and you know I mentioned Eckler kind of you know maybe he's a Tevin Coleman type of guy who just needs an opportunity and 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 does well even even on the team he's on. Yeldon is another one of those guys. You know he's young. He's he's been productive. He's he's a versatile player. Uh, you know, obviously the injuries to Fournette has allowed him to to play a lot more. And to your point, Burton is a healthy tight end, which is great. And uh, if Mitch Trubisky can put up a few more six touchdown games, I'd be super happy. Uh, but yeah, you know, I I had a hard time with this. I think I'm going with the Eckler side. I just I, I like all the pieces there more. I'm not a huge Drake fan. Tyrell Williams doesn't really do it for me either. Um, I don't think the first and second's enough to sway me. So I'll go with the three players. Uh, so let's talk about his value in terms of his, his ADP, you know, kind of how, how has he moved kind of throughout the offseason, Ryan? Yeah, Eckler, again, I kind of told the, the story of his offseason. He's, he's lost value consistently throughout the season. He ended December, ended the 2017 season at 163 overall, 192 in April. Uh, by the next month, they had the the Chargers had drafted Justin Jackson, so we saw a little bit more of a drop over the next couple months. Two hundredth overall in May, two hundred six in June, kind of hovered around that same range. One ninety six July, two hundred four in August, and then we start to see the climb. One eighty four in September, and then up to his current one twenty three in October. So let's go to our last guy here. Uh, maybe not quite as much of a uh, fringe option during the offseason as, as Eckler and Boyd, who we just talked about. Uh, and our first guy we're going to talk about for the second time, Ryan, uh, that's a rookie in Calvin Ridley, the Falcons wide receiver. He's the wide receiver 10 through the first four weeks. Clearly having a, a great year, a lot of touchdowns, uh, has, has become kind of that red zone option for Matt Ryan. And that has helped his ADP out. He went from 76.5 in September up to 53 in October. Uh, so he's between Tevin Coleman and Evan Ingram right now. He was closer to Andrew Luck and David Njoku back in uh, September. 
And and again, kind of similar to, to what we saw with Eckler, our, our top 200 rankers are, are right in between those two ADPs. Uh, so they're at 62, Golden Tate, Cam Newton right in that range. Someone does have him as high as 37, so someone really does love Calvin Ridley. Uh, I don't know if Dan Myler's a top 200 ranker. I don't think he is. Uh, but maybe he has a pseudonym that he writes under, and uh, they're a top 200 ranker. <laughs> That that might be the case. This is this is Dan's guy. I I hear enough about him on the DLF podcast, but we'll talk about him here as well. Yeah. Uh, I I really am uh, starting to buy in. The touchdowns are exciting, and everybody wants to make the the comparison between he and Julio Jones when it comes to touchdowns, and and we know all about that story. As far as his current ADP of of fifty three, honestly, I thought it would be even higher. Uh, given the start that he's had to the season, uh, he he basically went from being compared to DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton as as rookie wide receivers to being compared to Julio Jones when it comes to dynasty value. He's he's now maybe closer to to that tier than than just than his fellow rookies. I guess it's it it really has been crazy. Yeah, and and you know, as a, as a guy who's who's wearing his uh, crimson tide shirt right now, I, I certainly hear <laughs> enough about Ridley at home as well. Uh, so let's talk about his positional ranking. So right now he's at wide receiver thirty. Uh, Chris Godwin, Will Fuller, right there, but uh, right there on uh, either end, uh, as high as twenty three, as low as thirty six. So not a terrible range, I would say. You know, thirteen spots. But but I'll say I have him at wide receiver twenty, Ryan. I'm I'm obviously higher than the rest of the rankers here. Uh, where do you put him, and and who's some guys that you kind of see um, in a similar light? Sure. Well, well, again, I'm the I'm the high point here. I'm the wide receiver twenty three, um, and and he was a guy that I just wasn't quite sold on as far as. Uh, his his fantasy stock and his his outlook coming into the league so that wide receiver 23 rank represents a a huge jump from even just a few weeks ago i've i've heard some people say that dynasty rankings shouldn't change very much from from week to week or even from month to month and to me that's that's crazy we're getting so much more information so much more data with each game played and i think you have to react uh, so for Ridley at wide receiver 23, uh, some guys I have just ahead of him, Kenny Galladay, Sammy Watkins, T.Y. Hilton, Corey Davis, some guys behind him, Cooper Cup, some of the others we just mentioned, the other rookies, Sutton, Moore, Doug Baldwin, Marvin Jones. Uh, so those are, those are some of the uh, guys whose company he's keeping. Yeah, I have him with some similar guys. Corey Davis, you mentioned Kenny Galladay is another one I have right next to him. Uh, Will Fuller, Amari Cooper, um, DJ Moore, Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, all kind of in that that same tier of of kind of those young, starting to prove it type of receivers, with the exception of maybe Amari Cooper. He's kind of proven it and then unproved it and then maybe is trying to reprove <laughs> it again. Uh, so he hasn't quite figured that out. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave that we'll <laughs> leave that off the board there. Uh, so let's talk about a few trades, Ryan. Uh, first one, another one for one. And I thought this one was interesting. Calvin Ridley for Kareem Hunt. You know, I, I bet a month ago people would think you were crazy. But you think about it today, it, it feels a lot closer. Wow, yeah. 
it, it does it certainly feels closer obviously than than a month ago but it still seems a little crazy to me um i i still want the kareem hunt side here and it, it just goes to show the start for both of their seasons hunt is another guy who's been propped up a little bit by by touchdowns in the early season but he's he's clearly not going to play the same role in the chiefs offense that he did with alex smith under center yeah yeah and 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 you know there's benefits to to mahomes being there which which obviously we kind of talked about earlier you know hunt gets into an offense that scores a lot more points they're going to be in the red zone much more often even if they're they're passing in the red zone more frequently it still gives him more opportunities i'm with you it is hunt uh, but but I will say it's it's a lot closer than it was a month ago, and uh, and while I wouldn't make that trade to get Ridley, um, again I I could see where if things continue, this becomes even more intriguing as the season goes on, and and someone could be the winner. You know the the Calvin Ridley guy could be the winner of this trade by the end of the year. We could look at it that way. Um, so let's go to the next one here. Uh, Ridley in a 2019 third for Chris Godwin and a 2019 second. So a pair of young receivers, pair of draft picks. What are we thinking, Ryan? Yeah, this is a fun deal. Godwin, uh, not not off to the same start as Ridley uh, is, obviously with those all those touchdowns. But I think I think what we've seen from Godwin has been promising for sure. Uh, it's not enough for me to take that side. I want Ridley here. The picks just aren't aren't enough to to matter really. So I want the Ridley side, but Godwin Godwin's a guy I like as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I I share that sentiment a hundred percent. I'm with I'm with you on the Ridley side, uh, and and you know could be another one again where where these are two young receivers still kind of getting their bearings, and and you could see this flip flop in value very quickly. So last one here, a few more pieces, Ryan. Uh, some guys who are doing really well this year. We got Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and a 2019 third on one side. Stephon Diggs and James White on the other. Uh, break this one down. I think this just goes to show how hard it is to acquire these young pieces that that show some upside. Um, we've seen that a little bit with Christian Kirk. He's uh, kind of taking advantage of of a slow start for Larry Fitzgerald. And, and obviously we know what Ridley has done and to acquire those two guys, you've got to give up a top 10 dynasty wide receiver in Stefan Diggs and, and James White, who we already mentioned as uh, essentially an every week RB two uh, in the short term. I want the dig side. I think it's pretty easy, uh, pretty easily that side for me, but really the moral of this trade is just, it's tough to buy young upside players. Yeah, and Stefan Diggs is only 24. He's not necessarily an old player either. So uh, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I have him as my wide receiver seven. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a fairly easy call for me and getting white is a nice bonus. Um, but, but, you know, kind of what we've talked about throughout this episode, you know, as, as these players play well and they, you know, gain value, they're, they're gaining value in ADP, they're gaining value clearly in trades. This is a great opportunity to to shop those players around and see what's out there, um, and and you know take advantage of that hype to some extent. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Ridley's ADP. It's 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 moved around a little bit, but but I would say maybe not as much as what we've seen with some of these other guys. Yeah, it has. We always see uh, see these rookies enter in February, and and it's interesting to see where they take off versus uh, or where they start. I'm sorry, versus where 
they land after the NFL draft and then after training camp, et cetera. Uh, it's surprising. I, I'm still just, I still can't believe he's, his ADP is only 53 in October. I, I really thought he would jump into the forties at least. Uh, in February, he began at 64 overall, 76 in April. <clears throat> Again, that is, that is pre-draft. So that's, uh, before he was the Falcons, uh, early draft pick 68 in May, 67 in June, 67 also in July. And then we saw um, a drop from 67 in July to 84 overall in August, 77 in September, and then the the jump uh, to 53 in October. Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, you were surprised he's, he was at 53. I mean, where's the spot where you could conceivably see him by the end of the year? Could he be top three rounds by the end of the season? I think he definitely could be. Uh, and, and in fact, I, I kind of thought he might be that high uh, even this month. If you look at the wide receivers that he's behind currently, so his ADP 53, Doug Baldwin 51. I think he could he could jump Baldwin and uh, fairly easily. Sammy Watkins 43. So we're talking about 10 spots there, nearly a full round. That seems doable. Corey Davis, the next guy, 39. Cooper Cup also with a, an ADP of 39. Kenny Galladay in that same range, 38. T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson, Will Fuller. I think those are those are the guys we were talking about as far as rankings. So so we're talking about late third round. Yeah, so this might be that opportunity to, you know, even if we're seeing some of these prices and, and what it might take to get them, it's, it still might be a bit of a value in some cases. So... All right, Ryan, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, I know we're, we're filming here a, a day before week five gets going. Um, so any, any last thoughts here before we, uh, we take off? Uh, really just looking forward to seeing some of these guys, especially uh, Boyd and Ridley, continuing to see kind of where their value leads based on their production. I, I I think their production is going to continue. Really, that's the case with all the players we talked about, maybe except for Carlos. <laughs> uh, so I could see uh, most of these players continuing to produce and continuing to gain dynasty value. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, let's let's sell Carlos Hyde immediately. I don't own any of him, but if you do, we're, we're recommending you sell him and, and buy everyone else. All right, for Ryan and myself, this has been the 21st episode of the Player Raider Podcast. Uh, Good luck to everyone uh, in week five and beyond.